0: This is Jim Laws along with Nat Ayers, coming to you today with the Gospel is for All internet radio broadcast brought to you by the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. We are delighted to be with you once again today as we always are and we're very happy that you've tuned into to our internet radio program. Why not get your Bible and follow along with us as we study from God's inspired pages. As you do that, may I take just a moment to welcome you to the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler. You'll always find a very warm and friendly welcome with the Broadway congregation. Uh, We meet every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for Bible study and 10 a.m. for worship and 6 p.m. on Sunday night. And it's always a pleasure for us to get together and worship God as the Bible teaches, and it would be even better if you were with us. So please come and be with us and join us and uh, be a part of our worship service. Now, Nat, we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks about an issue that's always on my mind, and I'm sure it's on the mind of a lot of people, and that is why men fail to be saved. And you and I have talked several I've talked about this for a couple of of uh, meetings together and studies together, and we've we've come to realize that um, there is the grace of God that's offered to all all who will respond to it. Titus two eleven and that Christ died for everyone. He tasted death for every man, the Bible says, Hebrews 2, verse 9. And the saving power of his blood is easily available to all, Romans 5, 8 and 9. With all that is available and all that God has done, why is it that men fail to be saved? And that's the overarching question which we have before us today. We've studied it a couple of weeks now, and we look at it once again because I think it's very important. It's worthy of our consideration. Uh, it may be that we're studying with people over the internet radio who have some of these false notions, and it would be helpful for them if they could see maybe they themselves are ones that take hold of this idea, well, I'm all right, but I really don't need to change even though the Bible teaches otherwise. Nat, let's look at Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 through 23. That'll be our beginning point today, and it's been the uh, one of the texts that we've used in our study of this particular topic. So if you have your Bible, and I hope you do, please turn to Matthew 7. Nat's going to read that for us in just a moment, verse 21 through 23. And if you don't have a Bible, then why not take a pencil and paper and write these passages down so that you can study them when you have the opportunity. Our purpose here, of course, as always, is to teach the Word of God. We have no particular axe to grind, no axe to grind at all, no prejudice or no preconceived idea, enters into our thinking and our process. It is simply a matter of what does the Word of God say. Nat, read for us Matthew 7, 21 through 23.
1: Surely. It's good to be with you, Jim. It's good to be with our listeners, and we're glad that you're with us. Um, Jim, this is a passage that we've discussed a lot. I know we've discussed it on our radio programs. We we talk a lot about this this passage, and you know that question is a good question: is why men fail to be saved, uh, and it, it it's not the first time this has been brought up. In fact, Christ Himself discussed this idea that there are going to be some that think they're saved, that think that they are in a right relationship, but will be lost. Uh, and so there there are those that are going to be that are going to be failed to be uh, saved. And so let's look at one of the criteria that, that men, or one of the ways that men fail to be saved. Uh, Jesus himself speaks about it right here in Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty Many mighty works in your name, and then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You know, Jim. When I read this passage, I see men, or I see uh, people that are uh, that seem to have thought in their life that they were in a relationship with with God. They call Him Lord. They call Him Lord twice. Lord, Lord. Uh, didn't we do these wonderful things in your name uh these sound like wonderful things these sound like things that that uh would be in keeping uh with uh, people of faith, but they weren't doing them according to the father's will uh and so they were counted as lawless they they were counted as those that uh were not uh practicing the law of God and so sincerity isn't enough Um, men and women can be sincere and think sincerely that they're in a right relationship with God and um, but unless they are in the right relationship with God uh, through following his will unless they are following the will of God unless their relationship is is founded on that truth God's word then everything that that we they do and strive for in their religious life it's for not uh, you we our salvation must be secured through the Word of God, not by what we think about what we've done or how we've served God. It has to be according to his will.
0: that is so true. Nat what uh, Nat is doing is commenting on this very interesting Bible passage, Matthew seven. 21, and as you pointed out, Nat, they said, Lord, Lord, yeah. which indicates a very sincere heart, Yes, probably very sincere and probably very zealous, but that wasn't enough. No. You have to do what God has said in the way that God has said it, and they didn't do that, and right. for that reason, they reached that outcome. And I think that's one of the important points that we have suggested, and that is some men and women are not saved because they never come to realize that they are lost. Yeah. They think they live in a in a false sense of security. And they really are not uh in a pleasing relationship with God, and then there are some men and women they're not saved because even though they realize they are lost, you see they may realize it, they love the world too much they 'll do anything they won't do anything about their condition and we've talked a little bit about that and and that's something we must all be on guard against and You and I have read first John chapter two, in fact it wouldn't hurt to go ahead and read that verse again in conjunction with this point, 1 John 2, and the verses, verse 15 through 17. And there, John is telling us that that we're all instructed not to love this world and don't fall into this world and to love with
1: it. Yes, 1 John two fifteen, Do not love the world or the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eye, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. You know, Jim, some people are going to be lost because of their desire. Yeah. Um, you know, we're told that when we're tempted, that it's not of God, but it is our own desires that uh, that lead us into that temptation. And that temptation leads us into sin and you know, this desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, and the pride of life, those are the, the aspects of temptation. Those are the, the things that tempt us in this world. And really, you know, I, I've used the illustration before. You can't uh, be a good baseball player if you don't keep your eye on the ball. Yeah, that's you, right. the, Your main target. Yeah, there you go. And our main target is Christ and, and his word in heaven. And if, if we allow the things of the outside world to take our focus away from uh Christ whether it be uh fleshly desires, uh, lustful desires or whether it be um the, the power of this world and riches, the desires of us or the pride of life power, you know, and 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 uh those things can rob us, can keep us uh, rob us of our focus on God, and it can keep us from, from being able to have uh, salvation.
0: That is so true. As you were talking about that passage, and it's a very important one, 1 John chapter 2, 5-17. I was thinking of another verse, and that is Matthew chapter 16. And I turned to that, and, and you'll notice, I'll read verse 24 on through verse 26. Uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let yeah. him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, a person who's in love with the world doesn't want to do that. They don't want to give up their love and the desire which they have for their possessions. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then this verse, and I hope uh, you studying with us today will take note of Matthew sixteen twenty six. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Yes. Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? In other words, even if you had the whole world and you exchanged that for your soul, you made a bad bargain. You came out on on the bad end of that trade because the world passes away, and uh, you're not going to end up with anything but a lost soul in the process. But so many people have done that. They've traded their soul for the physical possessions of life.
1: You know, I I can't help but think about the parable... uh, uh, or or the the rich young ruler I'm not I don't yeah. believe it's a parable but yeah. um but uh, the the story of the rich young ruler and you know he had the the uh desire the love for Christ but it wasn't equal to his love for his possessions it, his love of possessions overpowered his desire to follow Christ and I think you made the point that this man might have been an apostle had he mm-hmm. had he uh had the desire to follow Christ, but it, it's so easy to do, Jim. And I believe in the world we live in today, we're all in the shape of that rich young ruler. We live in a world in America like no other. Uh, uh, I, you know, there are a lot of jokes now on these memes and all talking about first world problems that we live in. You know, my, my cell phone isn't working today and my life is shot, you know, really. <laughs> yeah. There are people that are starving to death in this world, but here in America, most of us live... Uh, rich full uh wealthy lives we do and uh are they going to rob us of our
0: desire to follow christ it has it has the potential to well that's a point that's a good point Nat. and that uh-huh. is we can it can happen if we let it yes uh we can go so we can get so enamored with and caught up in the possessions that we have that th- we begin to think well that 's what life really has meaning yes. for and about, and that is the physical things that we have. But like you said, some days the f- cell phone doesn't work. <laughs> right. It breaks down. It's yeah. not going to work. And that's the way it is with this old world. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to last forever, no. even though we enjoy these things. But right. still, we must keep them in the proper perspective and and love God supremely and yeah. put Him first in our life. Yeah. Well, I think one of the uh, problems that men and women have today, Nat, and I'd like to explore this a little bit uh, with you today in failing to be saved, even though God has done so much to bring about our salvation, His wonderful grace, uh, His wonderful Son, His wonderful Word, and all of that is easily available to us, but yet some still will not be saved. And I think because, and I'd like to explore this idea with you a little bit, see what the Bible has to say about the matter. Some men do not see the direct punishment of sinners today, right? like uh, God... uh, punished Nadab and Abihu. Immediately. Immediately, like in Leviticus chapter 10. Right. Uh, Because they don't see that happen, they think they're going to get by with their sin because they don't see the immediate direct punishment of God in their lives with regard to their sin. They think they can get by with it. Right. And they're they're not going to be held accountable for it. But that's just not true. Let me read this passage out of uh, Leviticus 10. I was thinking about verse 1 and 2. It's from the pages of the Old Testament. I don't know if you're familiar with this, and then, then that I'll have you make a comment about it and help us understand it better. It's Leviticus chapter 10. Now, Nadab and Abihu, verse 1. The sons of Aaron each took his censer and put fire in it and laid uh, incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Uh, and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. I read for you Leviticus ten one and 2. Nat, help us a little bit under, uh, in our understanding of that and sure. uh, from the standpoint of the point that God punished them right then. Yes.
1: Well, we see one of the things that we see with the reason for their punishment, and I think this is important. Is in that verse one that word unauthorized? Yeah, you know these were men who had grown up uh, around Moses and Aaron, uh, the leaders uh, of the children of Israel. They they would have known how the worship style. They would have known how God wanted to be worshipped. The commandments that have been handed down, but yet they chose to to go around those to go further than than uh, what was allowed, and they did something that God did not authorize. And his punishment at this time was immediate. And we see over and over in the Old Testament, um, the followers of God being called children, children of Israel. And uh, we see that this is in the maybe the infancy or the toddler stage of, of uh, faith in men or faith towards God. And God oftentimes uh, gave them uh, almost like childlike uh, punishment. Uh, He also gave them many laws, many things to follow, but it wasn't the perfect law. It wasn't a matured faith or a matured law that we live under today uh, in Christ. We have way more freedoms maybe even today than than they did uh, in the Old Testament, but we're still under that same We still serve the same God who feels the same way about his authority, Uh, his authority in how we worship him, his authority about how we live, uh, his authority on salvation issues. Uh, We must appeal to the authority of God even today. Now, there is a time coming. God uh, uh, is storing up um, his bowls of wrath, Um, and there is a time coming. Uh, on the Day of Judgment when those those bowls are going to be overturned. And I always wonder, Jim, you know, in my mind, you know, at this time he, he um, doled out punishment along the way. How bad is it going to be since it's been stored up uh, for the Judgment Day? How bad is that um, wrath and fury going to be for sons of disobedience in that day? And I think it's going to be far worse. It's going to it's going to destroy the world. It's going to annihilate everything uh, yeah. in existence. Yeah. And but we still serve the same God. But He is long suffering today. Yeah. He uh, He wants all those uh, that can to be saved. But there is a day coming. Do not be mistaken. Do not be deceived. Uh, there is a day coming when that wrath will be poured out. And if you are, have been a disobedient son, if you have lived in an unauthoritative way, uh, living your life how you want to live it, that he's going to deal with
0: you according to his word and and his uh, judgment. And and it's coming for us. Well, there's no doubt about that, Nat. And what we're studying at the present is Leviticus chapter 10, an Old Testament passage. It talks about the fact that God dealt with them directly then for their sin. And point being... Uh, they were told what to do. Yeah. They, as you pointed out, they were told how to do it. Yes. But they didn't do that. No. That was the point. your point about authorized. They, yeah. they did what was unauthorized. Yeah. They didn't follow the will of the Lord. and that, And that's exactly right. And so God punished them right then. Yeah. But I think sometimes, and this is the point that we're exploring yeah. here, sometimes people today don't obey the gospel. They reject God. Because they don't see that direct punishment today. It seems further away. Yeah, it's further away. And they think, well, they've escaped the punishment of God. But like you say, the punishment that is coming, uh, words cannot convey how extensive that is and overwhelming that is. Now, we could look at this in the New Testament. You have in Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. Yes. God dealt with them directly. Right. He punished them immediately. They'd lied to God. They'd lied to the Holy Spirit. Yes. And uh, they had offered, uh, they'd sold a piece of property, but they only brought por- a portion of the proceeds. They didn't have to bring any of it. Right. But they conveyed the idea that they had brought all of it. Right. And they had deceived, and God wasn't going to allow that into His church. And so He punished them directly because some people don't see the direct punishment of God today like He did then. They think. Yeah, that they're going to get by with it.
1: They can escape it.
0: They can escape it. And that's a reason, I think, why some do not obey I agree the gospel. With that. I think the point is, you know, I've gotten by with it. And then uh, lo- notice how we sometimes think, well, I've gotten by this far, you know. N- now I've forgotten about it. I've forgotten about the horrible sin. Well, God hadn't forgotten about yeah. it. God still holds me accountable until I respond out of obedient faith. And receive God's forgiveness. Yes. Uh, then and only then will the sin be dealt with properly.
1: You know, I, I remember talking. Uh, it's been a while, Jim. Uh, a man that was unfaithful had grown unfaithful, and and I, you know, I tried to go and talk with him and reason with him to that it was time to to make things right in his life. And he said, when he was a young man, he served God, hmm. and then as he grew older, he he the calls of the world took him away from the Lord, but he had always intended to come back yeah. but when he it, had gotten so far down that road thinking judgment was so far off you know that at that point in his life he, he, he'd grown so hardened to the fact that he couldn't come back, he wouldn't come back yeah. and so he'd always intended to come back to that, that time of his youth when he served God and come back to that point in his life but because it seemed so distant the punishment or the judgment that he had time, that he had time to come back uh then he uh he he was frivolous with his life and guess what he never came back yeah uh he that that uh like you said that idea that judgment uh judgment's out there but hey i i can i've got time time's on my hand i can make this thing right live for today but guess what uh judgment could be tomorrow
0: yeah for all of us that's exactly right and it could come be- come to us before we know it, and That's it's right. coming for all of us. That's right. We've got to be prepared for it. Let me uh, toss this out, so to speak, and let's consider this point for a moment in the time that we have left, why some men and women fail to obey the gospel and fail to obey God. I'm going to suggest that some fail to be saved because they never arrived at religious truth. Yes. They never come to understand the Word of God. Yes. And one point about this, and help us understand this, is one must obey the truth to be saved. Now, yes. if I don't come to truth, then I'm not going to be able to obey that truth. If I don't know it, then I can't obey it. And some people fail. Now, I'll turn to a passage, and that'll start our discussion on this particular point. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'm looking at about verse 10. And I'll read uh, verse 12. And I think that passage conveys this idea. And with all wicked deception. Uh, for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, I think that passage there, there's a lot to that particular passage, but one of the things I think we'd have to say about it is some do not want the truth because some do not love the truth that's true, they do not obey the Word of God because it's not in their heart to do it uh you know, and we could talk about this point. one needs to be receptive to the Word of God yes. in order to learn the truth and obey it, yes, well, you know
1: God does not you know i've I've had youth ask me the question, well why didn't God just leave out uh the uh tree of uh, uh the knowledge of good and evil you know why why give that as a choice. Well, if if God wanted us to be robots, he would not give us a choice. Well, we see here that God can send a strong delusion. We talked about this yeah. actually earlier today that yes. that uh, it, along with the truth, there's going to be the other option for you to, to choose. Uh, God is going to give you a choice whether or not you're going to come into obedience and love him. Or you're going to love the things of this world. It's your option to choose. Otherwise, you wouldn't have free choice. You wouldn't have free uh, moral choice, and you would be like a robot. You would be like uh, those, uh, you know, and, and the Calvinist belief that, that, you know, there's some slotted whether they want to or not, they're going to be saved. Well, that's just not how it works. He he gives us an option, and some people will become deluded with the world's truth or the world, what the world has to option um and they'll choose that over God's word. Uh, but yeah, God yeah. God gives them the choice. God gives them both uh, sides to look at and but we have to make the choice. Are we going to serve God, uh know his word or are we going to uh, follow the uh ways of the world?
0: Well, I think that verse 10 and with all wicked deception yeah. for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth. Yeah. And so be saved. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's saying there that God literally sends the right. delusion. Uh, God does not lie, yeah. and God does not deliberately deceive us. Yeah. But he will allow the wicked to persist in their way. Yeah. He will allow them to continue in their reckless yeah. abandon toward the truth. Yeah. And uh, as you pointed out about the freedom, the yeah. free choice yes. that an individual has uh, has right. to offer, he allows that to go on. Because they have refused the truth, and he will allow that. Yes. He will allow them or permit them to yeah. go in their reckless, reckless way. So I think it's more of an idiom here yeah. that expresses the uh, free choice of the individual. It's kind of a what I call an idiom of permission. If you want to go that way, I will let you go that way, right. but you will suffer the consequences for it.
1: Right. Well, and there are, you know, we have the word of God that leads us into all truth, but Up and down this street, even in the religious world, there are umpteen different truths being sold, Jim. There are umpteen different, you know, uh, things that we can believe to be true. But if it's outside the source of the word, if it's outside of God's word, you know, uh, it's, it's your choice. God has provided us the word. But there's plenty of options to go with. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and you can be deluded in that, thinking you're okay. And going back to Matthew 7, you might be sincere. We're not just talking about uh, the 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 bad ways of life. We're talking about there are religious people that have followed a false truth or a false view of truth that are deluded in that idea that are going to be just as lost as, as the murderers and the, the thieves and all that. Yeah, uh you, you, it's, it's,
0: are we following the will of God? And that's the thing. And I think it's important to understand is that we can understand the will of God. Yes. Uh, I don't have to have a clergyman tell me what to believe. Uh, the Bible is not written in some kind of mystery language that it takes a trained professional to tell me what to believe. Right. I can read it and I can understand it. And some people are never coming to a knowledge of the truth and never obey the truth because they don't think they can. They they right. don't think, but they've never really extended themselves and expended the necessary energy to read and study carefully yeah. for themselves. Yeah. And for that reason, they remain outside the sphere of blessings which God has in store for them. Well, only the truth will save, Nat. You and yes. I know that. John 8, verse 32, we must obey that truth in order to be pleasing in the sight of God, 2 Thessalon- Th- Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9, uh, we must be obedient to the gospel of Christ, believe and be baptized, Mark 16, 15, and 16. And I think in our lesson, both uh, today and in other uh, days that we've been together on this particular point, we have seen some reasons why people do not obey the gospel of Christ.
1: Yes. Well, Jim, it's good to be with you Um We're thankful that you have chosen to listen in this week and we hope it's been beneficial to you and let us all continue to grow in the Word of God.